Hey guys, I'm Heinz Winkler and welcome to this online service. I really appreciate you joining us. We're doing this as Love Key, our ministry where we, we minister wholeness to families and unity to the body of Christ. And we believe that a healthy nation is built upon healthy families. And one of the most important factors of a healthy family is to have a father that loves Jesus. I really believe that most of the social injustices and unrighteousness in the world are symptoms that can be traced back to the main foundational issue of fatherlessness. And today I want to talk to you about that. And going into that, I want to first share a song with you. It's a brand new song that we are planning to release on the new album that speaks into this area. And my heart with a song that I co-wrote with some talented people from Nashville is to is to come against all the lies that may be in our lives because of our experiences of an earthly father and replace those lies with the truth of who our father in heaven is. So I want you to take a moment, just quiet yourself, open up not just your physical ears, but your spiritual ears, lay down preconceived ideas and anything else that may hold you back from just hearing God and let the song minister to you. Hey guys, it's so great to be with you. I want to take this moment just to glorify our God in heaven, our Father. This song is about just saying the truth about who He is, while at the same time canceling the lies we may believe about Him because of our experiences of our earthly fathers. So let's take this moment speak truth about who our Father in heaven is. And my prayer is that as we sing this, these truths will cut through all the lies, all the hurt, all the shame, all the guilt, and that it'll help to bring healing, to bring breakthrough in all the areas that it is needed. So sing this with me. Never been absent, your love isn't past it. Oh, you never once been out of reach. You say that you love me, though I've done nothing. Oh, you don't withhold your heart from me. Holy Father, there's no other, my protector, no, you never leave, you never leave my side, you are healing by grace redeeming this need within me, no, you never leave, you never leave my side. Don't try to fool me, you're exactly who you say you are. Your strength is so constant, for grace not for judgment. Oh, I've never been a second thought. 
never hurt me You don't try to fool me You're exactly who you say you are Your strength is so constant For grace, not for judgment I have never been a second thought Holy Father There's no other My protector Oh, you never leave You never leave my side You are healing By grace redeeming This need within me No, you never leave You never leave my side And I kicked and screamed And ran from you Even still you fought for Oh, you never leave, you never leave my side You are healing by grace redeeming This need within me Oh, you never leave, you never leave my side No, you never leave, you never leave my side Oh, I just love that song. Such a, the truth that comes out of that is just so encouraging and strengthening. And I hope that that really ministered to you. Today, I want to share a message with you that comes out of Ezekiel. It talks about it's time to turn and live. Before I do that, let's pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you for this time. I thank you for this moment where I get to share your word. I pray that you will bless it. I pray that you will, I pray that you will lead me to speak only your truth. Help me, Lord, to communicate well and to share this message effectively. I pray for open hearts, good soil, that people can receive what you have for them. I pray that in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. So this week, our president made a statement about lockdown and what's going to happen next. And towards the end of that statement, he spoke about the crisis, the other pandemic. He called it the, the second pandemic we have, which is gender-based violence. Now, this obviously is not a new issue, but it's, there's been an increase of that happening because the ban on alcohol was lifted and then obviously a lot of people went overboard and we suddenly saw an increase in gender-based violence. And this is a very real, very horrible, evil problem that we sit with. And I totally agree with that. What I did find a little upsetting and disturbing is that it seemed to me like there was only talk about the, the, the symptom instead of also addressing the root cause of this problem. And as much as we need to take care of those who are hurt 
and prosecute the perpetrators, which I totally agree with, because it's not excusable. We need to get to what is the reason for so many people behaving this way and so that we can address that issue and make sure that a generation from now we have less of that problem. Because I really believe that this also is a systemic problem that traces back to fatherlessness. And the next day I was, I was upset and I, I was talking to God and saying, Lord, I need, I need scripture. I need a message from your word about how I should see this whole thing. And I felt God lead me to a very important scripture that I actually didn't know very well. I've read it before when reading through the Bible, but I've, I've never read it in depth. And when I read this, it really made a massive impact on me. And I, I wanted to share that with you because I think this scripture and the other scriptures that, I, that I'm going to share with you today speaks into this, into this issue and many other issues that we have. Because on Father's Day today, we can celebrate our dads and we have to. And on that note, I do want to celebrate the fathers who are doing a great job, who love the Lord with all their heart, mind, soul, and strength, who love their neighbor as themselves, who loves their wives, who love their wives well, who love their children well, who serve their community and who are a blessing at their workplace. I want to thank you and I want to honor you for doing that. And I want to encourage you to disciple other men to do the same. But we do have to address the issue of fatherlessness and how it affects so many areas of, of our society. And the problem is that, especially with something like gender-based violence, there's, there's shame, there's guilt, there's um, people not wanting to talk about it, and it just perpetuates. And uh, we really need to, as the church of God, as Christians, we need to come against this thing in an effective way. And we need to be part of the solution, not just the solving the symptom, symptomatic problems, but also being part of the, the cure going forward so that there's less of this and even none of this in a generation from now. So the scripture that, that, I, feel, that I felt led to by God is Ezekiel 18 from verse 19, which I read and then I went back to the piece just before that. And when I read this in context, I was just blown away by what God is saying here to the people of Israel through Ezekiel. And I, and I want you to know, so the first bit that I read is this. It says in verse 18, Yet you say, why should the son not bear the guilt of the father? Because the son has done what is lawful and right and has kept all my statutes and observed them. He shall surely live. The soul who sins shall die. So here you see a distinction and you see that the people had a complaint against God. They assumed that a father's, they assumed that a father's sin would land on the son. And then I went, went to the beginning of, of chapter 18, and I saw something very interesting. It says, if the, the heading in the New King James actually says, a false proverb refuted. And it says, the word of the Lord came to me again. This is Ezekiel 
speaking in it. And the word of the Lord said, what do you mean when you use the proverb concerning the land of Israel saying, the fathers have eaten the sour grapes and the children's teeth are set on edge. As I live, says the Lord, you shall no longer use this proverb in Israel. Behold, all souls are mine. The soul of the father as well as the soul of the son is mine. The soul who sins shall die. But if a man is just and he does what is lawful and it says all the things that he will do and won't do, it says he will live for he is just. Then it says, but if that man, the just man, has a son that turns from the, wick, from the righteousness of his father and does wickedly, he says, he shall surely die. And it says, but if that guy has a son who sees his father's wickedness, but turns from that wickedness to righteousness, he shall surely live. And then it says, yet the people say, why should the son not bear the guilt of the father? And then it goes on to say, I want you to go and read this. This is really profound what's happening here. It's a really long piece to read, but it's, there's such a powerful piece at the end where, where God says to them, you say that I am not fair. And that, doesn't that sound like, you know, three, four, five-year-old children complaining about life and things not going their way? They would say, it's not fair. It's not fair. You know, this, this is kind of what Israel is, is saying. It's like, Lord, you're not being fair. Like the fairness for them would be if the son does get stuck with the same guilt as the father. But God says, no, no, no. I'm the one who is fair. And you guys are the ones who are not fair. Because you expect to turn from, from, from righteousness to wickedness and to, to, to live on the righteousness of your dad. And the other way around you think someone who turns from righteousness to wickedness, their dad should be punished for whatever they're doing. And he just he's coming to put a reset on this thing and saying, no, no, no. Each person has their own relationship with me and I own all these souls and I will decide who lives and who dies. Now, obviously, this is Old Testament and I totally get that. But what I do get from this is, that no matter who your dad was, no matter how your father lived, no matter how he treated you, the truth that I want you to get from this today is that your life does not need to be defined by your father's life and choices and habits and the way that he treated you and your mother if it was in a bad way. We have a saying, the, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree and we normally refer to to things like talents and character and, and whatever. But we can also apply it to bad habits and to things, you know, sins that are habitual um, or just stuff that people are prone to do in the family. Some people call it generational curses. Uh, it might be genetic. It might be hereditary. Whatever it might be, there's this thing that rears, it he rears its head in every generation. And now you, get, you grow up with the idea that, oh, well, this is just who I am. I want to tell you today that if it's about things that are not, not righteous, not justified in front of God, it is not necessarily who you have to be in life. The choice is up to you. This is a powerful piece of scripture. It really ministered to me, and I hope it does the same to you. And then I felt at the end, it's so important to hear this from God. He says, repent. 
and turn from all your transgressions so that iniquity will not be your ruin. Cast away from you all the transgressions which you have committed and get yourselves a new heart and a new spirit. That is, that is a command. That is him saying, this is what you need to do. Get a new heart, get a new spirit. It's something you have to do. And he says, for why should you die? I have no pleasure in the death of one who dies. God does not want to punish you. He does not want to let you die, spiritually speaking. He does not want his people to be cut off from him. But he is a just God. He is a righteous God. And because he is good and because he is righteous, he cannot go against his own word. And his word from the beginning said to Israel and his people, this is how you should live. If you don't live like this, this will be the consequence. So if he doesn't let the consequences happen, he is not faithful to his own word. So this is why this is happening. And they are going around like little kids saying, it's not fair, it's not fair. Saying, no, 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 it actually is fair. You've been, you've been told this from the beginning. And then I, I was reminded by God of Colossians 3. And Colossians 3, listen to this from verse 1. If then you were raised with Christ, in other words, if you are born again. So we read from the Old Testament. Now this is New Testament. Okay. What did, what did Jesus say when he came to earth? He said, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. What is in Ezekiel 18? Repent, turn from your ways, get a new heart, get a new spirit. What did Jesus say? The same thing. In me, <laughs> you will have peace. I will send the Holy Spirit that will, that will, that will bring power to your life. There was an exchange. But it started with a decision from someone saying, I want to follow you. In Ezekiel 18, you know, God is the same yesterday, today and forever. And here he's saying repent and change because you can be different from your father. If your father was a sinful man, an unrighteous man, you don't have to be. You can make a choice to follow God today. And here in Colossians, we see a similar thing happening. It says, you were raised with Christ. Seek those things which are above where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. For you died. In other words, you became a new creation. Your old self died. You got a new heart and you got a new spirit. Amen. And you are now hidden in Christ, in God, hidden with Christ in God. You are one with Him. There's intimacy, there's relationship. Therefore, because you are dead to your old self and alive in Christ, now you have to do the following. Put to death the, the following things. Put it off. Put it to death is the language that we get here. And then it says what you should put on. It says there uh, from verse 5, I think. It says, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, as the elect of God, you've been chosen. You are holy you are loved. This is who you are in Christ. But there's something that you need to also partner with. This is an, an action. He says, put on. So you are in God's eyes as a born again Christian. You are holy and beloved. Yes, absolutely. But does it mean you sit there and just keep on doing what you want? Or you do nothing and expect the full, the full inheritance of what God has for you? 
I don't think so based on the word of God. There is an interaction that needs to take place. We have a part to play. And our part is to, to, to hear the word of God and say, okay, I will put off these things that are part of my old self because I have died and I'm alive in Christ. And I will put on these things. I will set my mind on the things above and I will put on these things. Tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering. I will bear with others and I will forgive others. How many of you would love to have a dad or would have loved to have a dad, to have a dad that had these principles in his life, these characteristics, tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, ready to forgive, ready to bear with others, do not complain. I think many people would go, yes, I would love to have a dad like that. Well, your father in heaven is this. He is love. He is mercy. He is grace. And he's telling us that through Christ, through the Holy Spirit, we supernaturally have access to getting a new heart and a new spirit so that we can live the life that he wants us to have. And you do not have to be defined by your earthly dad. You can be defined by your heavenly father and the things that he says about you. We do not have to be the apple that is stuck in old habits. We, in Christ, we can be free. In the Old Testament, in Ezekiel, when God said, get a new heart, get a new spirit, they did not know that they can do that through Christ, yet it was to come. But God said, if your heart is, like, is after me, if your heart is after me, that is what the change is. Through Christ, now we're in the new dispensation. Christ has died and risen again. And through his death and resurrection, we have access to the supernatural. And we can live as born again, new creations. As it says here so beautifully, with Christ, hidden with Christ in God. And then we have a role to play in this relationship. The same way in a marriage. When I say I love my wife, it is words. When I show I love my wife, that is what really matters. And if I choose it daily for the rest of my life, that is when a marriage is healthy and working. I can't just say I love you and everything else I'm doing doesn't show it. And it's the same with our relationship with God. If I say yes to God, if I get that new heart, that new spirit, then it has to be shown in my life that I have put off the things that are not of God and I've put on the things that are of God and I have access to those things. A difficult subject to talk about is responsibility for actions and the consequences thereof. In Ezekiel 18, we see a very clear distinction that God says, I will judge based on how someone chooses to live. If they were righteous and turned wicked, they will die. If they were, right, if they were wicked and they turn righteous and they do away with all the, the unrighteousness, they will live. Now, this is a, is a hard thing for many Christians to, to swallow. But I think we need to see this in context of, of, of the story of David, which is also Old Testament. God says that David was a man after his own heart. A man who murdered, fornicated, committed adultery, 
a man after God's own heart. In other words, for some reason, he was not defined by the horrible things that he did at one point in his life. So what was he defined by? He was defined by his heart toward God. He was defined by the fact that when he was shown that he had done wrong, he immediately repented. He had godly sorrow and repented and turned to God and God had mercy on him. And, and I think if we see that in this context and we see that through the context of the New Testament where we have through Christ Jesus, we have access to the kingdom of God and we can live this way, the way that God has called us to live. The old is gone and the new is now here. The old self that dies when Christ comes and lives in you is connected to the earthly father experience, the home experience, the whatever bad stuff may have happened to you or that you have done, that dies in the baptismal. When you get baptized after giving your life to Christ, that dies. And you are alive in Christ. You have the mind of Christ. You have a new heart and a new spirit. In Psalm 51, actually, David, when he is repenting towards God for his sin, he says, create in me a new heart and renew a steadfast spirit within me. It rings very similar to what God instructs Israel to do in Ezekiel 18. And what we hear in the New Testament in Colossians 3. At the end of Colossians 3, it says something that seems very un-New Testamenty. If we listen to many modern day ideas about grace, it says, but he who does wrong will be repaid for what he has done. And there is no partiality. What do we do with that? Well, again, we, our lives need to reflect the fact that we have given our lives to Christ. I know. We mess up. We make mistakes. But I want to challenge you to not keep saying, I am just human. Therefore, I did these things again. Because when you are a new creation, the Holy Spirit lives inside of you. So, and you are not just human anymore. I know that's a weird thought to wrap your head around. But you have help. You have the helper that gives you power to live holy. And I know we make mistakes before, but God is faithful to forgive us if we repent. What is that? That is a heart that is new and set upon God. I believe that what we see here from Ezekiel 18 and Corinthians 3, oh, sorry, Colossians 3, is that the heart issue. God knows that we can still make mistakes. We can still do wrong. But how do we handle it? Are we spending time with Him every day to become more like Him so that the, the, the stuff that we know is not who we are in Him that are still present in our lives, that that becomes less by spending time with Him? And when we do make a mistake, when we have like what I call a, an old man hiccup, when we have one of those, what do we do? Do we just let it go? Do we just kind of pridefully go, ah, whatever, you know, God is good. He will forgive me. Or do we realize, have conviction that we have done wrong and run to the Father 
and say, Father, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Thank you that in you I am forgiven. Forgive me, Lord. And the, and the Bible also instructs us in James 5 to confess our sins to one another so that they can be healing. If we speak about the things that happen in darkness and bring it to the light, it loses its power over us. It was very important for me to get this message across. And I hope and believe that God has spoken to at least one person, but I'm hoping many more. And to wrap up, I just want to say that I, I want you to know today that your father, your earthly dad or man in your life, stepdad, whatever it may have been, someone running a foster home, I don't know what your situation is, but whoever the man in your life was, or if there was no man, he was absent, you only had a mom or a grandmother, and there was no man in your life, and you feel that abandonment, that rejection, and you don't know how to handle that. Two things. You don't have to be the same as your dad who left or abused or neglected you. You can turn the tide. You can be a man of God who loves God and people well, who loves his wife and children well, who serves his community and blesses his workplace. You can be that man. We need those men to stand up, to give their lives to Christ and to live for Jesus, to live for their wives, their children and their community. I want to invite you today to make a decision to be a man, a real man, and give your life to Christ. If you want to do that today, I want you to pray this after me. Lord Jesus, today I choose to follow you. I lay down my life. I lay down my will. And I choose to follow you. I believe in my heart. And I confess with my mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord. That he died on a cross, rose from the grave, and sits at the right hand of God. Because He is the Son of God. And from today I choose to make you Lord of my life. In Jesus' name, Amen. If you prayed that prayer, you are now a man or a woman of God. And your life will be completely different. I want you to stay close to Jesus. I want you to love Him well. I want you to spend time in His Word. Get some good men of God around you. Be part of a life-giving church. Commit there. Be part of the solution. Be part of changing a nation. I'm going to end off with a song called The Blessing, which you probably know well. It's a scriptural blessing that I want to speak over you and your marriage and your family, or if you're single, just your life, and trust with God that, that you will, from this day, be the man that God wants you to be. And not that your circumstances wants to lie to you to be. You are a man of God. It's a decision away. And then a daily decision to follow Christ and be more like Him. I love you and I appreciate you. Have a great day and enjoy the song. God bless you. I want to end off with this song and just speak a blessing over you and your family, and your children, and your children's children.
Lord bless you and keep you. Make His face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn His face toward you and give you peace. The Lord bless you and keep you. Make His face shine upon you. Be gracious to you. The Lord turn His face toward you and give you peace. Amen. Amen.
and keep you Make his face shine upon you And be gracious to you The Lord turn his face toward you And give you peace Amen and Amen